All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Not me, that is for sure. So get this, Nair. Yes, Nair, the OG has leveled up. They've got these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. I just used the coconut oil and vitamin E shower cream, and I seriously forgot I was in my own bathroom. It smelled like a spa. Plus, it's allergen-free, so it's gentle for your skin, and it worked in as little as three minutes, so no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasted days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals like phthalates and sulfates, so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And that's what you really missed with Jenna and Kevin, an iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome to, and that's what you really missed, fanfic edition. Yo. I... Do people call it fanfic? Yeah. Okay. Fan fiction, fanfic. I am nervous. <gasps> this is so excited. fascinating to me because I never, I never would have come across fan fiction. I'm, I've got to be completely honest. It's just not something that would have come across You're my not an internet girly like no. that. No, and I, <laughs> but I love learning about it and understanding why people are connected to it and why they do it so i'm Mm -hmm. buckle up everyone (laughs) um strap in we are exploring the world of glee fan fiction we have three wonderful guests today that are going to take us through how they found fan fiction what it means to them and just explain the world to us because we don't know anything about this because i have sort of steered myself and others on the show <laughs> away from it after accidentally stumbling <laughs> across the story. Yeah, we got to debunk years this. Ago. So, yeah, we want to hear about all the wonderful things fan fiction does and is. Okay, so first, Kevin, we have Brie, who is the reason why we're doing this uh, to begin with. So Brie reached out to our producer because she wants to debunk <laughs> The fan fiction that we all hear about. The misconceptions. Yes, misconceptions. She's a family trauma therapist, and uh, she's a Glee fan. She loves Britanna, and she's into fanfic, and I can't wait to hear from her. Yeah, who better to introduce us to the world? This is Brie. Hello, Brie. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. good. Nice to meet you. 
Yes. Wonderful meeting you. Thanks Thank for, you for um, being here, joining us. Reaching out with this awesome idea. <laughs> Absolutely. I've heard you guys talk about it before, and I'm like, I really wish I could clear the air here. <laughs> Let's so, clear the air. <laughs> what we were talking about is fan fiction, because yeah. we um, inadvertently are aware of it, because obviously people wrote about the show we were on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> you wrote fan fiction? Yes, I did. Okay. So <laughs> just start at the beginning. Please. <laughs> yeah. Take yes, us back. absolutely. I will take you back. Um, so I was I'm a little, little bit older than the other guests you've had on. I the sh- When the show was uh, popular, I was in, I was finishing up undergrad. Mm. So I was in okay. my 20s. So we're the yeah. same age, probably. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, and when I heard about the show, I really wasn't aware of it in the first season. And I remember my ex came to me during second season when the Britney Britney episode aired and was like, <laughs> these people are going to do these songs, uh, you know, covering Britney. And I was like, how dare they? Like, let's <laughs> let's watch this because there's hate no watch way it. hate watch it. it. <laughs> right. <laughs> So we tuned in and I wish it was this like magical, my eye opening moment, but no, I was like, no, that's trash. I can't watch the show. Um, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like it was, it was weeks and weeks. And I was like, you know what? That was actually pretty good. And I went back and I watched the episode over again and I was like, oh damn. Okay. All right. So let's figure out what this is all about. So I went back to the beginning and started to, to rewatch slowly. And um, by the time that I had hit your guys's live airing, it was beginning a third season. So I missed the tour. I missed everything. Oh, and then I, I got really into it. Um, and something just clicked with, you know, the show. It really hit me in a way and that I needed at the time. And um, and just to to talk about fan culture, I'm probably not going to use the word obsessive because mm. it has such a negative connotation to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to call it hyperfixation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I became super hyperfixated with with the show with certain storylines, and um, that really led me to start venturing into the internet, which is a dangerous place. <laughs> definitely and uh someone was like hey you know people write about this stuff i was like what so i went on i read a few it weirded me out at first um but i was always into creative writing so i was Mm. like wait a second maybe i can do this and uh it was pretty crappy writing in the beginning i started writing it was not good did you Uh, post that what you were writing i did yes (laughs) Uh, (laughs) really immature writing at first and then I just dove into it and I got a lot better. Mm. Um, And I was raised in a house where, you know, my grandmother had a master's in British lit and a master's in English. And so I was Mm. already pretty decent with with the writing piece. Um, And I actually still write to this day. So, And you still do you write about any other characters outside of Glee? Yes, Did this two open shows. the world? Okay. Only two shows have made it to that point in my brain. <laughs> wow. It's a good way to put it. Yes. <laughs> okay. But it's a great escape, honestly. Mm. And what a great exercise also for creative writing. And you mm-hmm. also like when you were putting it up, what where would you post these things? 
Yeah. So um, this was all the way back when I started finding stories. It was all the way back when LiveJournal was a thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. I never was on LiveJournal, but I moved on to fanfiction.net and then transferred over to a site called Archive of Our Own, mm-hmm. um, which is now really the primary site. There are others that are coming out, mm-hmm. but that's a great one. So yeah. now, okay. Um, I have so many questions. I'll go for um, it. No, I'm interested because you are a family trauma therapist, correct? Yes, I am. So there is a lot of, um, I'm sure, uh, breaking down, if you will, of this fan fiction. But I was wondering before we get into that portion of the interview, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, do you find there's a community that you connect with in the fan fiction world or is it kind of more individual and you share and read and write on your own? Yeah, it's a little bit of both actually. So in the very beginning, um, it was a very connective piece where you were finding other authors. Sometimes you reached out to them and you're like, Hey, loved your story. This is great. And you connected with people. Hmm. Um, and Tumblr was a huge bridge for that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, fan fiction and Tumblr have a very close relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's, so you I found that out by accident one time. Mm-hmm. And that was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to know about that. He said one time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was like, oh God, I gotta get off here. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and uh, this was obviously before the restrictions were put on Tumblr too. Oh, so yes. <laughs> okay. Um, there were illustrations. Uh, oh, <laughs> yes. It's oh. a scary world. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> a great sense of community, right? So uh, I did find a, a close group of friends um, that I never actually met, right? We just wrote together. So hmm. when you are writing a fan fiction story, you actually are encouraged to find what's called a beta. And a beta is somebody who edits and reads your story and hmm gives you feedback. And Mm. so you can go ahead and let your beta read it and they give you the feedback, you make the changes and then you post it. So you're pretty much partnered with somebody, which is really great. And you Mm. find that person yourself or people volunteer. Very cool. Wow. So do you read other people's like, oh, I like their style. Maybe they'd be a good fit with me to be my um, beta. Absolutely. I used to, uh, I am totally individual now. So now that I've gotten older and I have a family, um, <laughs> I don't really have time for all that communication. So I do write on my own and I'm pretty confident in my writing now that mm. I can do it without an editor. Um, but yeah, so I'm solo now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A, yeah. Okay. Go for it, Jenna. No, I gotta, I'm so curious of what your analysis is of the psychology behind fan fiction. Great give question. It, give it to us. <laughs> All right. Um, so there are so many reasons, right? Why someone might de- become deeply engrossed in something, whether it be an artist or a show or a movie. Um, and I don't want to categorize these things to where people are like, no, that's not true for me. That's not true for mm-hmm. me. There's a ton of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have enough time in the world to get into that. Yeah, the spectrum. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. But for something that happened for me, um, was when you're going through something traumatic or very heavily impactful um, or you're unhappy or you're uncomfortable in your environment, some people really like to become lost inside a world that isn't their own. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it be books or painting or drawing or TV shows, music, whatever the medium, right? Um, There's the comfort in having somewhere to go that makes you feel safer than where you actually are. Mm. Um, 
And it's not to say that there isn't a true appreciation for the art or the acting or whatever it you know whatever it is, but it is an escape and it's a safe place. Um, so mm-hmm. we can you know we get lost in a space where you research and you overanalyze and you rewatch, and that's where sort of fan fiction comes in. Is you sort of dive into a space where you don't have to deal with whatever it is that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> that mm-hmm. is a huge reason why people can become very lost. And I do want to say that just because someone gets hyper fixated, it's not really an excuse for them to bully or act inappropriately or violate your personal boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. This is just a, a much safer way for them to have an outlet from what's really going on in their real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's also, I, I imagine too, when you're, then you start getting into fan fiction, you're creating the narrative, you're creating the world world the mm-hmm. safe world maybe in which you wish was happening in your yes. real life world yes totally um you can do that or you can go completely fantasy you can yeah. go totally out of left field um which is also a huge thing that you see in fan fiction as well and not to mention the you know it's so much easier to write this story right when the characters are already established the right. world's already established um, right. because world building's really hard yeah. so it's It is nice. It's not that, you know, we want to obsess over these characters necessarily. It's just that they're there for us and we know them and Mm -hmm. we feel like we know what's going on inside their heads. So you want to place that in a situation that you really want, you know, people to read about. Mm. Hmm. Well, now I'm I'm very curious. Oh, it's not all sketchy and it's not. (laughs) Well, I think that's important, though, because not everybody knows about fan fiction, right? This is something that I learned about because of I I was on Glee. I don't know that I would ever have learned about it otherwise. And so for people who don't know about fan fiction, can you debunk what what some of those myths and things are like some of the things that surround it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one of the most common misconceptions about fan fiction is that it's all erotic literature, smut. right? Yeah, <laughs> smut is a great fan fiction word. Um, it's not, mm. <laughs> I promise. Um, there is plenty of that. I'm not going to say it doesn't exist. There is a lot of it. There's mm. something for everyone. Mm-hmm. There's something for everyone. And that's really it, right? Is there is something for everyone. If you want something more mild, PG, a really nice fluff story is what they call it. Something with a lot of happy feelings. You can find that. And then you can find something really angsty. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're <laughs> feeling in a mood like you want a, a murder mystery, honestly, mm-hmm. you can go down that route as well. You, there's a lot of post-apocalyptic stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just people taking these characters and putting them into even other shows like Walking Dead or something like that. Right. And really making you, you know, your your characters live out what they would react in that setting, which is really fun. Which does make a lot of sense. I mean, it's all based off of fictional people, fictional settings and situations. And so it's I think it's like, Jenna, for you and I, I can see her wheels turning. I think sometimes it's hard to like separate ourselves from like characters that we may not play because like we see ourselves doing it. And so then we correlate that to if people are writing about this, then we're picturing ourselves exactly in those situations where it's like, well, no, these are fictional characters right. doing yep. fictional things. And people can put Artie and Tina into The Walking Dead and like, how would they do? <laughs> sort of yes. thing. Exactly. <laughs> Good Not luck well. to you. 
not well. No, but, I cannot um, imagine what it's like to <laughs> read something and picture yourself in it. That right, is that, right. There's like a... But I do understand, though, like as a fan of fiction, I read a lot. I watch a lot of TV, a lot of movies, how that could be appealing and how that could be like such a great creative outlet, outlet. a great community building. Right. Um, and also yeah, finding other stories of mm. things you're interested in that you may not feel inclined to write about, but like, oh, I want to see what that what that, that's all about. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for that. That didn't, um, that didn't take me long to be sold on that, did it? <laughs> and listen here, and I want to show you guys something, and it's it's super <gasps> weird and personal to me. Okay. But I not, not only love to write, but I love to edit. And I did edit a story for somebody once, and it's the, my favorite Glee fan fiction I've ever edited. And so for myself, I got it published into a real book <gasps> that and is that, long yes oh it's a full 27 chapter 400 <gasps> and something page story and you know i've reread it five or six times in the last several years and it sits on my shelf and um i can pull it off and it feels like oh a real comfort story <gasps> oh so vast oh my god i Sorry, we're sitting here with our mouths open. I, <laughs> wow. That's incredible. This, wow, really this cool. This is bringing back a lot of memories, actually, because I have to say, so back to like, I don't know, teen closeted me, I would go on Tumblr and look for like gay fiction stories because I didn't know mm-hmm. where to find them or I didn't have any gay friends. And so I would find, and not like smut, as we said, um, but you know, it's like what you might see now Relatable. on like Heartstopper or Sex right. Education, like these stories that I couldn't feel readily, represented. Right? Yes, yeah. And then I could search on Tumblr and like find wow. these like wonderful made up stories, and th- some of them were like more unrefined than others, more amateur sounding than others. But it didn't matter because you could tell these people were learning, and as you were like reading these, very they could be very long, as like you just held up that book. And the chapters would get better and better and better because the writers were getting better and better. And it was like a really, my favorite thing to like do online was to read these stories. Yeah. Um, And that's a huge reason too. Um, And I, you know, we grew up, I think in probably the same era and I also was desperate for queer content. Um, mm. And for me, I think it came a little later, you know, as a lesbian, there were a lot of lesbian representation. You had the L word, but I was... 17 i was probably a little too young for that um so i came but you know the first show that i really found was on a network called the n i don't know if you remember that yeah Mm -hmm. yes um and it's a show called south of nowhere yes um yep that was my very first representation of a lesbian relationship on television that wasn't a side joke Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so um so when glee came around and the whole britney and santana relationship blew my mind right yeah. that was something that i needed in that moment and i needed more and more of it so mm. you know that's what leads me down these paths as you just talked about yeah totally well this is thank you for sharing with yes. us all of these wonderful things this is so fascinating and, and you were the one us. who 
you know, reached out to our producer to say, let's let's talk about this fan fiction thing. So thank you so much for opening up the conversation and, you know, getting us to do this podcast episode. It's very, very cool. And we're so grateful for you and all of these wonderful things you shared with us. So thank and you so much. And your of how yes. you can like, succinctly explain it to idiots like us. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> Listen, it's my job. <laughs> yes. True. I get that. I get that. <laughs> thank you so much Bryce. it's so really much, really Bryce. nice to meet you of course anytime thank you escape to summer with victoria's secret pack your bags with just arrived swim cover-ups corset tops and other sexy silhouettes when the sun goes down opt for bold and blingy styles like the made to be seen very sexy push-up bra from the very sexy collection in on-trend hues like black shine, green, and citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini, rewind to the future with the VS Archives swim collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage from full to cheeky to minimal, now in this season's must-have shades and patterns. Add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent, dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriassecret.com. Let's talk about something we can all relate to, hair removal. Not exactly the highlight of our day, right? Between Nick's cuts and razor burn, the worst. But guess what? Nair, the OG, has taken hair removal to the next level with their new sensational shower and body creams that smell amazing. Literally the best thing ever. Nair's new scents have turned my bathroom into a spa. My favorite is the soothing aloe and water lily body cream. It smells so good. Plus, it's designed for lingering freshness, so I smell and feel good for the rest of the day. And who doesn't love that? Nair's new shower and body creams are super easy to apply and work in as little as three minutes. And my smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. You can use it on your legs, arms, underarms, even your bikini area, which is perfect with summer right around the corner. I just went on a trip to New York to visit my family and I used Nair before I left. I didn't even need to pack a razor because I knew my legs would be smooth the entire trip. So check out the new and improved body creams and shower creams from Nair, the number one hair removal brand. So smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, next up, we have one of our old friends, Allison, co-host of Gleek of the Week podcast. Who Yay. knew Allison, who <laughs> is a host of a Glee podcast, dabbled in Glee fanfic. <laughs> um, I'm very excited, very excited to have Allison back. Um, so let's talk to her. 
Hello, Hello again. again. Oh, Hi. Jenna. I'm sorry. Now we're just too, we spent too much time together. Time together. <laughs> How Hi. are you? Good. How are you? So great. So excited to speak with y'all again. I know. Thanks for coming on. We just, of course. Um, we have some just questions. talking about some fan fiction, you know. Yeah, we decide because it keeps coming up, and we're like, we need to just hunker down here and figure and this chat out about it. Yeah. Because we know you read fan fiction. Oh yeah, you've written some fan fiction. Yeah. How did <laughs> How did it come to you? How did you find yeah. fan fiction? Tell us. How did I find fan fiction? Hmm. Um. I was. Heavily on, I think, the Glee fan to Tumblr pipeline to fanfiction.net is like mm-hmm. a straight line that yeah. steps one, two, and three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, because I remember following all of these Glee tumblers, and they would like link, I think the people that would post on Tumblr were creative types, writing types, drawing types. So like in addition to fan art, there was fan fiction and the people that I followed would post their fix or like, (laughs) or (laughs) stories that they're like, this is like insane (laughs) to talk to Kevin McHale and Jenna Oshkowitz about, I believe fan fiction. This is, it's such a full circle moment. This feels so, this is healing. Um, in many ways. <laughs> so we're here. For, let it out. Yes. Let it out. <laughs> that is what our podcast is for. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's how I kind of found it. And there, I mean, fanfiction.net, uh, I think Glee was like one of the biggest branches. I don't have the like statistics, but I think it has to be one of the biggest branches. I think Harry Potter is up there mm-hmm. and the Glee world because... Hmm because of the fan base and i think the venn diagram for those fandoms is pretty close to being a circle totally but um uh yeah that's how i found it and how i started writing it um there were just well i have two stories Mm -hmm. um i have a a finchel story Mm -hmm. um called fate has this is hilarious <laughs> to speak about um called fate has dealt its cards i uh, when i wrote i only wrote like four chapters mm-hmm. per story they're complete they're they don't wrap up mm-hmm. there's not like building action a climax and then like denouement like a re- resolution yeah. it's just like stream We're just putting of consciousness. it out there mm-hmm. yeah exactly and um that's I have a Finchel story and I have a Klein story and those are my two number ones. And I had like like at in 2011 I was what 15. So very much like wow. I would do some creative writing. Yeah. Yes. With yes. these these tropes that I love because like my <laughs> my Klein story is um if what would happen if um, Blaine's dad enlisted him in the army mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> they were separated, which is like kind of my I, hair is my favorite musical. Mm-hmm. And at 15, I see this. 
Mm-hmm. That's all I yeah. wanted yes. to think about. I was very obsessed with like 1968, 1969, yep. like Woodstock hair, mm-hmm. Vietnam War era. Yes. Blaine goes to fight in Vietnam. War. He gets dra- <laughs> yes. Yes. drafted for the war. Okay. Blaine gets drafted. And um, yeah, and I had this beautiful scene in my head that I don't ever think made it to fanfiction.net. <laughs> Um, but it was like the goal, the guiding light. That the was goal, the, the guiding light was going was... to be um, Blaine is like, for some reason, they're putting uh, army musicians on the radio and Kurt would be just playing oh. around with the radio and hear Blaine Oh, from yes. across the globe. Very yeah. good. Very good. It's beautiful. Okay. I okay. Well, thanks for sharing that. Painted I, a picture. Have you written fan fiction since? No, I mean. <laughs> so it was like a fifteen-year-old thing for you, and creative then... writing moment. Mm-hmm. It was a fifteen-year-old creative writing moment, and since then, I mean, I've had my like, oh, this would be such a good story because I'm a very big reader, mm. um, and uh, that hasn't changed. And so I still have these like little ideas in my head that are still very much Could kind be. of similar. Mm. Like based in the 1960s and that sort of era storyline. Um, but I haven't written any fan fiction recently. Okay. However, I did in high school as like a little fun thing. I w- and I haven't even like, I don't know even if I've told my co-host Andrew about this story. <laughs> well, he's going to find out. <laughs> exactly. I used to on Facebook Messenger write little blurbs about my best friend Carrie and uh, Michael Bublé. Uh-huh. Um, I used to write little blurbs that turned into a fan fiction. And one year for her birthday, <laughs> I turned those blurbs into a physical book. Amazing. And I gave her one final chapter and I gave that oh, to her on her birthday. How special. What a gift. <laughs> Great. That's do, really you ever go, do you ever go back and read these? Absolutely not. <laughs> we did. We did read the client fact fan fiction for a bonus episode one time. Love it. And we've read some of the like most chaotic Glee fan fictions mm. just for for shits and gigs. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's uh, reading my writing hurts the most, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like reading uh, my diary uh, yeah. at age 15. It's just so interesting because we have, you know, we've spoken to uh, a a group of people who have shared their fan fiction experiences and they're all so different, right? Some people are continuing to write. It is mm-hmm. an outlet. It is therapy. It is like p- something they're so proud of. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, your experience, which is like, I, it hurts. It hurts. But it's so fascinating. You know, I get it. I get it. I, I get, get it. it. It's like uh, sometimes that's how I feel stuff. watching myself on Glee. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. <laughs> like, Looking back, this hurts so I'm like, bad. I did not nail that scene. Yeah, not who was that? Who was that? That exactly. wasn't me. I don't know who that is. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, was I didn't get fired. How did that? <laughs> I was. I always say like, oh, I wasn't trying there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Every now and I'm like, oh, I showed up that day. <laughs> so I imagine you go back and read your 15 year old right. writing. You're like, right. that's interesting. <laughs> right. If I know now, what? If I know what I know now, yeah. Like, ooh. Exactly. Um, you talked to Robert Ulrich recently because you guys are watching the Glee Project, right? 
Yes, Andrew just did a full interview with Robert Ulrich, and it was amazing because we did just watch all 10 episodes of Glee Project Season 1. Oh, my God. As, and it was <laughs> so, so fun. And um, it was the interview with Robert was kind of just a nice little stamp mm-hmm. at the end mm-hmm. um, to kind of summarize uh, how we felt. But that was a journey. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. That was truly a journey. I don't think and, I could watch um, it. <laughs> Kudos to you. It was hard to watch at some points. It yeah. was very much like Sign of the Times. Yeah. <laughs> but... I, think, I think I'd be stressed. I'm like, these kids. What, what's no, happening to these a lot. kids? <laughs> no. And the fact that we've like spoken with a lot of them, like we've spoken with Lindsay and yeah. Samuel Larson and Damien McGinty, like we've spoken oh. with so Love many them. of them. It's it's kind of like, again, full circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like... Totally. It makes complete sense. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally. But when what I wanted to ask you is when we did, we did a whole fan fiction bonus episode mm-hmm. and I drew up some t- statistics and okay. I went to archive of our own and I made some graphs and I'd, <sighs> do you know who the most Glee fan fiction is written about as a couple? Uh, Clayne. I would guess. say Clayne. Clayne for sure. Yeah. Clayne is almost 50%. Yeah. More than 50% of Glee fan fiction. That makes yeah. sense. That and makes like sense. Every other category <laughs> is like a nice little sliver. Doop. Yeah. <laughs> 50% Clayne. And Blaine and Kurt are the two um are the two main stories. Mm. But then male male relationships are like almost 75% of all Glee fan fiction. It's like yeah, yeah, really? I, I believe that. Let me ask you. So, if Clay, Clay's written about a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Do other characters from the world show up from Glee show up, or is it really very like Clay centric? If it's a Clay story, I'm so curious. <laughs> I it's that's a very good question, and I think absolutely yes, other characters show up in in minor roles. Okay. I read a, a fan fiction and. It was Blaine centric, but then you also have all the warblers. Huh. Like Wes comes in, you've got Sebastian Smythe, you've got <laughs> Rachel coming in talking to Kurt. Got it. Okay. Everybody else is there, but like it's focusing on and mm-hmm. like Bert and Carol. Of course. They're of course. there. <clears throat> have to be. Given their okay. two cents. Fascinating. Um, Jenna, you yeah. can find it. There's a whole world out there for you. You can <laughs> go find it. No, this is why I'm doing this in this in this podcast is because this is a safe space, safe space, fascinating, this is as close to as you're going to get to it. Interesting. I'm I'm just touching the the line, and that's as far as I'll go. Yeah, yeah. but I have you found fan fiction that's like about not Tina and Artie, but Kevin and Jenna. Well, we've heard about I have this intentionally. Not searched. Absolutely not. <laughs> Because it's even weirder. <laughs> I keep saying like, I did stumble across like a Kevin and Chris one oh, years ago. And no. that was a one time. No, can't do it. That was, that was a one time <laughs> thing. Again. It's weird enough to think like, oh, Tina, Graphic. like Kevin was trying to explain this to me earlier. Like, it's like we imagine ourselves in it. Right. Because we're if we're being mm-hmm. written about. But then it's like a whole right. other level. If you're like talking about the person behind the character yeah it's very strange yeah but i'm i respect Mm. it i i really do i get it you know what i mean like this is something i love it as a creating yeah i don't really need to read it um 
but I want to know about it. That's the thing. I'm so fascinated by it. And I'm yeah, there's like there's a layer of protection. Yeah. Like Allison can tell us. Yes, that she's yeah, read exactly. It. Um, she's I would much more us. honestly though, I would read fan fiction if it wasn't about Glee or our characters much easier than I would if it was Tina and Artie or okay. Jenna and Kevin, you know? Why that do makes you, sense. I do have a question though, and I don't <laughs> I know you're not necessarily like the authority of. No, I am. Allison is. Okay. She is. All right. As the authority figure of Glee fanfic. Oh, no. Why do you think it is 75% male male relationships and 50% clean? That's such a good question, too. I mean, I think it's. I think because of how monumental Kurt and Blaine's relationship was for television in general. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that unlocked a door for oh i can write stories like that stories like that are okay to talk about oh i'm also gonna write stories and i'm also gonna take it like i think curtain blaine for a lot of people including myself was like the reason that you watch the show and the reason Mm -hmm. that you like really got into it and there are tumblers completely dedicated to them and people were really 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 all about those characters and so i think that's probably why. Mm. And I think yeah. most of those male-male relationships are curtain Blaine or just exploring that. Because mm-hmm. fan fiction is, you can make it whatever you want. Right. And the little nuances of like, oh, I kind of saw Sam looking at Finn in the choir room. I'm going to take that minute nuance in the episode and I'm going to make a whole entire story about mm. it. Oh, well, that made me want to look it up. No, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm the target audience. He is the target audience. <laughs> People are starved for this content, Jenna. Okay. Oh, it's so good. I'm glad there's I guess an audience. Like you have the parameters set up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and so then it's like, oh, we needed this type of relationship, and now that these characters exist and the world exists. Here you go. What else can we do with them? Exactly. If it's not, if not, it's not happening on TV like I want it to. I'm just going to mm-hmm. make it myself. Right. Makes sense. And I think it in turn reinforces the watching of the actual content. Yeah. Right. Because you've got these like head cannons now in your mm-hmm. head. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, Sam and Finn, they're definitely. Yes. Yes. Which explains about like 80% of the tweets I get. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I knew somewhere that this was a part of it, but I think I didn't realize it was a huge 95% of it. Yeah, because um, people ask me crazy shit. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like what? No, like we're just that sort of thing. They're like, oh, sure. Sam and Artie. I'm like, no. Where did this come like, from? Well, Artie, yeah. Sam's bisexual. I'm like, no, I don't think Where so. Where did that come from? Yeah, In but there... I'm sure that's all because there was a look, a comment, and then. Eggs, and then an some fan fiction <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and i think people want to see themselves in those characters yeah totally they want to totally. relate so um i get it allison thank you so much for coming and sharing yes. with us of course this is, this is great always wonderful sure to see you, see you. yeah <laughs> come oh, yeah. back soon <laughs> <laughs> good to see you thank you so much for having you're the me. best love you both thank thanks you. for opening up <laughs> of course <laughs> say hi to andrew for us bye <laughs> she's so great she's the best this makes so much sense to me jenna does it it does so mm. there's my favorite teen show of all time is called scum it's from norway mm-hmm. and each episode each season focus on a different uh person within like a friend group mm-hmm. and then the third season 
was a gay storyline, mm. and it became he the biggest fan fiction tumbled Tumblr thing that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like six or seven years ago, I think. And so that was you know post Glee, mm-hmm. and I think that yeah, it all makes sense okay. because like when okay. there's a a hunger for these types of relationships, and then yes. when they're on screen, and then they there's just a world in which they're yeah. then creating. But I, I get wonder it. why I it's that. the male male relationship though, and not like the Britney Santana relationship. I think they're popular as well, though. I I would imagine. But maybe in different mediums, right? Like maybe in a different form. Right. It's not necessarily the fan fiction, right? Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection in on-trend hues like black shine, green, and citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini, rewind to the future with the VS Archives swim collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage from full to cheeky to minimal, now in this season's must-have shades and patterns. Add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent, dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriassecret.com. Let's talk about something we can all relate to, hair removal. Not exactly the highlight of our day, right? Between Nick's cuts and razor burn, the worst. But guess what? Nair, the OG, has taken hair removal to the next level with their new sensational shower and body creams that smell amazing. Literally the best thing ever. Nair's new scents have turned my bathroom into a spa. My favorite is the soothing aloe and water lily body cream. It smells so good. Plus, it's designed for lingering freshness, so I smell and feel good for the rest of the day. And who doesn't love that? Nair's new shower and body creams are super easy to apply and work in as little as three minutes. And my smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. You can use it on your legs, arms, underarms, even your bikini area, which is perfect with summer right around the corner. I just went on a trip to New York to visit my family and I used Nair before I left. I didn't even need to pack a razor because I knew my legs would be smooth the entire trip. So check out the new and improved body creams and shower creams from Nair, the number one hair removal brand. So smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, so last time we have Pamela. Pamela is one of our OG Glee fans. Very exciting. And she's an OG when it comes to fan fiction as well. Um, She also has your dream job, Kevin. She's a manager of a bookstore. So, I mean, there's not a lot else that we have to say. I can't wait to talk to her. Yeah, she writes fanfic and she's part of the fandom since she was a kid. So let's do it. Hello. Hi. Hi, Pamela. How's it going? I'm a little overwhelmed. It's like, oh, oh my gosh, you're meeting some wonderful people. Oh. <laughs> it's oh, so exciting. Oh, my gosh. Uh, thank it's you so for nice taking to the time you. to yeah, talk to us. Oh, well, thank you. I'm very excited to talk to you yes. because so we're, we're talking oh, sure. about fan, fan fiction. All day today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it, it keeps coming up as we're doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a couple things. One, yes. you're like an OG Gleek. Yes. Like Glee fan. Mm-hmm. I am, yes. OG sort of dabbler in the fan fiction. Yeah. And also, you have like my dream job of like working, <laughs> oh. like managing a bookstore. Yes, I run a bookstore. Wow. So you are just like surrounded by all this literary creativity yep. all the time, which <laughs> I'm very jealous of. Um, I just want to like how... We'll start at the beginning mm-hmm. and sure, then we'll see it. because I feel like there's a beautiful line here. <laughs> but <laughs> um, so you started watching Glee when it was originally on, right? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. What and or how did you find the fan fiction while you were watching? Like what brought you to finding fan fiction? How did you stumble across it? Okay. Well, the thing about it is that I'm, I mean, I'm an older fan. Um, and, uh, the uh, Glee was not my first fandom experience. So like uh, I started, um, the one before I was in the office. So I had like uh, office fan fiction too. Uh, and like before that and all that, and I've been uh, writing stories and fan fiction since I was nine years old. Wow. I mean, like getting on, I like, onto like the internet in like in 1998 and nine and like getting um so uh so you know i started watching this show and um about halfway through it i was like okay i want to read more stories about these mm-hmm. characters that i love mm-hmm. and i mean i love the show i know there's ups and downs and everything but like you kind of just want more of it and so mm-hmm. it's like okay I so I started seeking it out and I got on and I mean back then there was something called the Glee Forum. It's now defunct, unfortunately. Mm. But um started there. There was live journals. I don't know if you guys know oh, or yeah. remember live journals. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um went to there and there was a really there there were all these little communities for all the characters, for all the ships, for all of everything. And you just would like find your community and then you would just start wrecking people would wreck stuff. So you'd find your favorite authors. And then it was like, well, you know, I can do this too. Mm. So I started writing my own and, you know, you kind of find your little place in the the community and the, the world. Wow. And stuff. wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So you had written and read for several TV series for yes, years. Yeah. Pre Glee. What, why do you think it, cause my quit like, 
what was it about maybe halfway through the series that sort of like mm, is it the series oh, now is not going how i want it to go and maybe oh, i want yes to read no. something i mean like let's put all the cards on the table you know my favorite character is kurt and then of mm-hmm. course season four happens and you're like <laughs> yeah what's going fair on enough. like yeah. what are the writers doing to all of these they just like broke everybody up so you're like okay how can you like a, some people like want to fix it or B, like, what is the mental, like, how did you get from A to B? And so you mm-hmm. just want to start filling in the blanks. And, you know, there's always, I mean, seasons one through three, there's a ton of fan fiction. And then in season four, it just blew up mm-hmm. to everybody wanted to just fill in the blanks. And there's all these characters and people are leaving and people are coming in and everybody's breaking up. And so it just becomes this like mecca of creativity. Like totally. you just start wanting to like expand on it and explore it and, and see what the characters are thinking. And, you know, why did this character do this thing? And you just keep going. And that's kind of what got me into it is like this, the possibility of cre- creativity and seeing what I can do with the characters. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you started writing when you were nine. Um, yeah. What about it? Like, were you always like in- interested in writing at that point? Or was it more about the world itself and like creating, you know, the creativity aspect of it? Because you're still writing now. So I'm just curious what's carried, like, what was it when you started and then what's carried you through? Oh, sure. I love storytelling. I write original fiction as well. Mm. Um, and I just love stories. I mean, you know, uh, it's it, for me, like, uh, you know, I love books, obviously I love reading books. Um, but also I like having control over the characters. I love being mm-hmm. able to like, you know, move them in the direction like dolls and, and, and direct mm-hmm. and, and put people in places that I want to put them in and see them. And I just have always had that kind of creative spirit. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, it just translates into all of these other mediums and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. amazing. Wow. And what kind of original stories do you write? Oh, um, everything. I mean, I've been writing a fantasy series um, and it's a reaction a little bit. Like you read so much and then you're like, oh, I want to see this kind of thing in Mm -hmm. fiction. Mm -hmm. I want to see, you know, this kind of a character. I want to see, you know, myself or I want to see, you know, something that I don't see in published fiction Mm -hmm. or even fan fiction, you know, and that's what that's why I write. When you are, you know, in sort of these other communities, are those relationships now that like we learned today? That you have like a beta or somebody that can That's edit what I was your work ask. and things like yes. that. Oh, Thank there you go, Jenna. Thank go. you, Kevin. Take it. Yes. <laughs> no, I was curious. We've learned about betas. And are you yes. a beta for other people? Do you have betas or are you more of an individual writer? I, I do. Um, I really have like some people in my life that will read my writing. I'm terrible at it. There's two different, there are two different skill sets to be able yeah. to like write something down and then able to like look at somebody's work and go, okay, not mm. only does this comma go here or there, but also, mm. um, you know, uh, you know what? I don't think that this thematic thing is going with the way you want it and stuff like that. And, mm. you know, taking yourself out of it. So I have, um, I work with a woman who I've known for years now and she's in the fandom as well. And she is my beta beta. And, mm. um, we work on all sorts of things. Like, I, you know, anytime I write something, her name is near mine because she's always helping me with this. So it's, again, it goes to that community aspect. We yeah. just cultivate all of these relationships with each other and share it and prompt each other and like, Hey, maybe you want to try writing this, or I know you're really good at writing this kind of story and mm. stuff like that. So mm. it's also amazing that it's, there are, you know, all these people who are writing, like, and reading and doing mm-hmm. all these wonderfully creative things where I think it's so easy. If you're not on that side of the internet, 
and yeah. you don't know about it, then people that doesn't exist to them. Right. And you get caught up in like, oh, social media is bad, all this Internet stuff. But like what you guys are doing is incentivizing each other to be creative, express these things, find those places and the mediums that you haven't seen and want to fill, which I think right. is like so beautiful. And like building these friendships based off of that. It's and it's kind of a, it, I mean, it's kind of an interesting thing because, yeah, we're doing it for ourselves and each other. And every time I hear like, you know, I'm going to share my my stuff with Kevin and Jen and I'm like, oh, my gosh, why? It's not for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Not that I don't want you guys to read it or be involved. Yeah. I think that's really cool that you guys want to, like, understand and know more about it. Mm-hmm. But it's it, one of those things where it's like. You know, this is the stuff that we do, as, and, it, and it isn't meant for you guys. But mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that I think it's amazing that you guys are coming with an open mind and being like, "What is this? What's going on? What can I talk about it?" I think that is so cool. Yeah, so. we're huge consumers and fans and of other things, and so we're oh, just—it's awesome. hard for us to kind of take ourselves out of it, especially with Glee yeah. fanfic, right? It's very yeah. hard to. Um, relate or understand it and so but as fans of other shows i could totally understand how i want more i wish that happened to this character so i i totally get it um but it's it's like we were explaining to some other people like it's kind of hard because in the fan fiction like even if it's tina and Artie, not jenna and kevin you still imagine yourself you put yourself in that position right you're imagining yourself in that writing it i you know I, I disassociate. I don't, I, I, you know, if I'm writing Tina or Artie, I still think, okay, how are Kevin and Jenna going to, like, how are they sound in my head? Because mm-hmm. it's you guys. I don't think of you guys. I know you guys right. are separate people. I'm not right. here. Like, right. But it's still the character, like, the things and choices, acting choices that you do <laughs> actually reflect in the fan fiction mm-hmm. that I write because I want to incorporate what you're doing on screen. And I can't imagine that's got to be a weird <laughs> disassociative thing that happens because totally like that is you essentially or you guys put so much into it yourself in creating these characters to see them go in a, a direction that they may not be what your headcanon is that's got to be <laughs> surreal but i think what you said is important though because you're creating these stories for yourself regardless of how you yeah for yourselves for the community so like within that context you all know because you're all doing it what goes into making it and sort of the dissociation that you're taking from people in real life, mm-hmm. sort of. Mm-hmm. And so I do think, you know, I think it's, I understand why you're sort of protective of that community of like, Jenna and Kevin don't need to read these things. Right. Like, of course, like, yeah. Right. You guys support each other. It's a full, yeah. like, you know, ecosystem within itself. Right. And yeah. um, I think that's like a, the more and more I hear about it, one, I'm, jealous that i haven't been writing fanfic for years <laughs> two um is that it's like a really beautiful like culture yeah and like healthy culture on the internet totally um that is not always easy to find totally <laughs> it is well i mean google it you can you can find anything <laughs> by google but, um but i think it's you know i have been talking to people about it and 
there's so many reasons why it's not just, okay, I mean, yeah, part of it can be, oh, I want to see my two favorite hot characters make out. Okay, that's, <laughs> yeah, right. that's a real thing. Great. But, yeah, right. you know, I've known people who've explored their own sexualities through their writing. I know people who, like, read stuff and they're like, you know what, that this reflects to me. And just like art mm-hmm. in published form, totally. fanfic does the same thing, but it is already a built world. Like, it takes out, when you're writing something, you know, original, you have to build the world here yeah. you can take characters that you're already familiar with and work with them and then and get find... to the good stuff right exactly <laughs> right <laughs> get to the good stuff but yeah and, and it's on ed- well that is joking aside you know that it's unedited and not in a like literary way but like we're not constrained to network notes or editors telling us that you can't publish this or that right we can write whatever we want right. and it yeah. can be good, bad or anything but um the the it's open and limitless really good point good point do you still have shows that you watch currently that you write fanfics for um i don't um i've been really really busy um with my job and stuff like that so i mean i do still write some glee stuff but um i like i there's a lot of things i love but um i haven't really gotten Kind of as much into consuming. it as like you know it's time consuming yeah. it is if you can you know when i was in my 20s sure i had a lot more time but now totally. that i'm in my 40s i have to like actually do my adult <laughs> live like real so. life you know <laughs> adult life responsibilities <laughs> right exactly. now i want to know all your like book recommendations i'm like i gotta oh, yeah let me I know i need to stop buying you... books though i have too many i could the, going to the bookstore is my favorite thing in the world Oh, yay. But, I mean, I have eight bookcases. If you ever need recommendations, oh you guys, just let me know. I'll get you. Thank oh you. Yes. Well, Pamela, thank you so much for sharing all, all about fanfic and for, you know, oh, your contributions. You. And it's just really nice to meet you and, and chat with you. Oh, it's been, a, I can't believe it. it's like a dream. I can't <laughs> believe it's oh, thank you so much for having yeah, me. Yeah, thank you. Um, and, and thanks for what you do. Keep the world reading. Yes. It's important. Yeah. It's great. It is. <laughs> thank thanks, you so Pamela. much. Bye. Bye. See ya. I'm coming out smarter, more well just versed (laughs) in fan fiction but i am i appreciate it i i'm so grateful to our friends pamela brie allison who came and shared with us their experience with fan fiction um it's it's actually a really cool community and at the end of the day People are just looking for connection, whether that's in their own worlds or with other people. It's pretty cool. I think it's wonderful. I also love even with the three of them, they all have three different relationships to fan fiction and what they like, what they write about, their experiences. And thank you so much to the three of you for joining us today and for opening up and sharing this part of yourselves with us and with all the listeners I I hope you all enjoyed that. I I know loved that. Very cool, very very yeah. cool. Do I go and look for things, Jenna? <laughs> That's up to you, Kevin. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I could do a light scan. I don't know that there's a light scan. <laughs> I didn't know there's Maybe... like chapters and not like actual like. Yeah. Journeys. I just thought it was kind of like live journal. You know what I mean? In the beginning when it's like yeah. you you post a, a one-off kind of thing. But I am just, I'm so, um, it's so intricate and, and complex and fun. Okay. 
Well, uh, good luck on your search, Kevin. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) And that's what you really missed. See ya. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Snicksmas. We are here with our fourth annual Snicksmas charity drive. In honor of our friend Naira Vera and her favorite charity that she worked with, um, Alexandria House, which is based out of L.A., we have put together something very special, um, very meaningful this year. So keep an eye out in the coming days. Check our socials. Make sure you don't miss anything. We think you're really gonna like this. So stay tuned and Merry Snicksmas. Thanks for listening and follow us on Instagram at and that's what you really miss pod. Make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. See you next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.